Aloha, this is Pastor Perry, and I want to thank you for joining us online to study the Word of God together. We pray that you will be blessed as the Holy Spirit ministers to you through this message and through God's Word. Today's reading is from the fifth chapter of Revelation, verses 1 through 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scrolls and its seven seals. Would you all pray with me again? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning once again. And happy Sunday. So it's uh, a privilege to get to be the guest preacher today. Uh, my family and I do come to this church. We've been here for about two and a half years. Uh, but it's always fun to be a guest preacher because hey, everybody needs a break once in a while, right? I'm so glad that Perry is, Pastor Perry is on his trip and that Pastor Pete gets to have the week of not preparing a message. Um, but, you know, being the guest preacher, uh, you either get do really well, and, you know, the, the person who asked you to come, you're like, yeah, Perry, that, he was a great preacher. I was so glad you had him. Or things really bomb, and you go and talk, oh, Pastor Perry, Pastor Pete, we're so glad to have you back in the pulpit. <laughs> we'll see what happens today. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, just a, by word of introduction, my name is Ian McCarthy, um, and I'm going to introduce myself in the, the vein of my friends in Kenya and Sudan who are in the, uh, in the church. I'm, I'm the husband of one wife. Um, her name is Nikki. She's over there. Uh, we have four children between us, and uh, they're nine, eight, five, and two. Our five-year-old turns six this week. Uh, three boys and a girl, Samuel, James, Asher, and Lydia. Uh, if you volunteer with the children's ministry here, you have met them, um, and you, I'm sure you remember them. Uh, our oldest two do a wana on Wednesday nights, and we're so grateful for that ministry and for this, our, our church home. So this morning, uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a movie buff. I love to watch movies. I've been watching movies you know, my whole life, that I, as far as I can remember. And a great one is that one that we talked about in the, the children's message this morning, The Lion King. You know, Elton John wrote the songs. Disney did the animation. I don't know who wrote the, the story, but it's a, it is a great story and, and a great uh, easy way to remember, you know, The Lion King, right? Well, I saw a movie recently about another king, uh, about the king of rock and roll, uh, Elvis Presley. I don't know if anybody's seen the, the latest film. Uh, it was on airplanes. I don't think it's on DVD quite yet. I saw it on an airplane recently. Uh, it, it's very stylized. You know, uh, Baz Luhrmann made the film. If you don't like his style of movies, you might not like it. But I, I really enjoyed how it taught me about Elvis. It gave me a new appreciation for his music. It taught me more about where he comes from and sort of his life's journey. Um, he died four months before I was born, so I didn't ever get to see him live, uh, but I heard lots and lots of stories. Um, and I like how the film really talks about his musical roots. 
uh, not just in, in country and, and rock, but also with blues and jazz, uh, gospel music, as well as the revivalist movement. And the, the film does show that as a young, as a young man, as a young boy, uh, he, he is involved in the church. Um, it doesn't really talk about the content of his faith, but it does talk about those musical roots. Uh, looking elsewhere, uh, you can learn that Elvis indeed was a believer, uh, that he had a lifelong faith, that he read his Bible every day, he prayed. And if you, you know, listen to his, any of his live albums or see the live concerts on, on YouTube and such, he almost always does a hymn of some sort or a gospel chorus. Um, uh, so the king of rock and roll, right? But he also recognized the king of kings, right? And the one true king. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. We talked about how the image of a lion is one of royalty and, and points to uh, kingship. Um, in Revelation chapter 5, we see that there is this, that's where we get that, that text from, the Lion of Judah, Jesus, the Lion of Judah. Now, this image is not just found in Revelation, the last book of the Bible. It also comes up in the first book of the Bible, uh, in Genesis chapter 49. Jacob is blessing his sons, and when he comes to, J- to Judah, he says, that, Judah, you will be like a lion's cub returning from the prey, uh, or like a lioness who needs to not be roused. Um, he talks about there will be one in the tribe of Judah, in the, the lineage of Judah, to whom all nations would come and bring tribute. So there's this foreshadowing, this foretelling of this one person who would represent Judah, be the, the, the true member of the tribe of Judah, and described as the Lion of Judah. Um, and it wasn't King David or King Solomon. No, it was one who was even yet to come. And we know now that that was Jesus. Jesus, the one true king, the true king. And today I want to talk to you about how Jesus is the true king yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. In this uh, Revelation chapter 5, we see a glimpse into a time that is yet to come. We see a glimpse into uh, the unfolding of salvation history. Um, Now, when you look at Revelation, it's it's easy to, to get tied up in the details to start to analyze times and places and events. How's it going to happen? What's going to happen? When's it going to happen? What, you know, what's going on here? Um, there's been lots and lots of words shared and written about those very subjects. But what I want to leave with you today is that Revelation, who is the main character in the book of Revelation? Who is the main subject of that apocalyptic vision that, that John receives? Well, it's this figure, this, this Lion of Judah, this one who is the one who is worthy to break the seals, the one who is worthy to open up that scroll, whatever that means, you know, but he's the one that it's not, you know, Alexander the Great. It's none of the pharaohs of Egypt who can do that. It's not Elizabeth II uh, or King Charles or even the king of rock and roll. It's Jesus, and he is the one, and he does it. Jesus is king for all eternity. Uh, I so appreciate Scarlett's uh, description of, of what heaven will be like and our eternity with the Lord Jesus, um, the way that she described you know, our future if we have faith in him uh, and how that is appealing to even the youngest amongst us. Jesus is king of our future, of our tomorrow, of all eternity. What is it this morning that you're hoping for? What is it that you're planning for? 
What is, it, what is it that you want to do with your life? What kind of legacy do you want to leave? I want to you know, have a, a steady job and provide shelter and, and food and, and clothing and nurturing for my children and for my family. I want to have a retirement someday and to be able to live a long life. Uh, but I also want to have meaningful work and to be able to do things that matter and to be able to share the gospel with other people and to proclaim Jesus as the true king. Simba can't wait to be king, right? He has goals. He has things that he wants to do. Uh, you know, Elvis sang a song about, you know, longing for racial reconciliation. And, and when he says, I have a dream, and I have a dream that wants to be fulfilled. What are the things that you're hoping for with your life? Well, I hope that you're hoping for eternity with the one true king. That you get to live in the new heaven and the new earth You get to be with him in the city where there is no other light because Jesus is the light of the world. Where there's no more pain or tears, streets are paved with gold, and we get to be with him for all eternity. The one true king. But how how do we get there? What what is required to, to be a part of that eternity? Well, we have to look to the past. We have to look to things that have taken place already. Even in our text today, it says that the lion of the tribe of, Juba, tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. He has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. What does it mean that he has conquered? What, what is it that he did while he, on earth? Well, for that, we look not in the book of Revelation, but we look in the Gospels. The Gospel accounts of the life and the actions of Jesus. What did Jesus do? Well, he was born, he lived. He did a lot of teaching, but then he died. He went to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. He did that willingly, uh, as they say, as a lamb led to the slaughter. Um, Although he had the authority and the the power to be able to call down, you know, throngs of angels to drive out the Romans from, from Israel and Jerusalem at the time, he didn't do that. He chose to lay down his life because he knew that was the only way that salvation and reconciliation with God would be available for you and for me. He did that. The gift of his blood on the cross pays the penalty for our sins. But he didn't stay in the grave. He rose up, showed he he is victorious over sin and death, and he won for us the victory so that we can be with him in heaven forever. And just like our mission moment said earlier, all that's required is to say yes to Jesus. It's to say yes to Jesus. Jesus is already saying yes to you. Will you say yes in return? Hopefully, you have already, or if you haven't, you'll consider doing that today. Um, Yesterday, I went out for a run. I usually like to go run early in the morning when it's cooler and the sun is not up. But I went in the middle of the day yesterday, um, and I remember as I was running along, I went by this grassy area and smelled the worst smell I have smelled in a long time. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, why can't people clean up after their animals? This is just, you know, ugh, righteous anger. Ugh. I wish people would just take care of their responsibilities and do the right thing. Well, I continued on and, and uh, you know, finished up and, and got home, and I smelled the smell again. Like, this is just awful. Did I step in something? You know, what? Checked my shoes. Nope. Didn't step in anything. 
I realized that the smell was coming from me. I was the source of that smell. Um, I had to get cleaned up, change my clothes, get, get washed off, and get renewed and refreshed. Jesus offers us cleansing from our sin. When we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He doesn't leave us in our sin, but he forgives us and gives us freedom, just like getting cleansed and washed off after hard exercise. And I hope that the smell is gone. Well, Jesus is not just king in the future. He's not just the king for all eternity. We look back at our past, at our sins, at the, the broken road that has brought us to where we are today, and Jesus can be king over that as well. All we have to do is offer it up to him and say, yes, Lord, come and be my king. So this morning, what is it in your past that needs to be forgiven? What is it that you'd like to offer to him disappointments, things you've done wrong, things you have failed to do? How can we offer up Jesus our past and our yesterdays? I love the song that that we sang earlier where it says that you work all things together for our future and for your good and for your glory. All things, the good and the bad. We just have to offer it up to him. So Jesus is king not only in the eternity and the future. He is not only king of our past, but he can also be king of the here and now, right here and right now today. In the New Testament, we look at the epistles to see the, the so what of you've got this promise of eternity, we've got the great wonderful miracles that Jesus did and the victory he accomplished, but how does that affect our here and now? How do we live the life that Jesus calls us to live? We look in the epistles and and, and the letters that Paul wrote and others wrote to see how that affects our lives here and now. We can live under Christ's authority to be our king. And let me tell you, friends, it is so much better to live in accordance with his will as opposed to doing it our own way, to doing it my own way. In the very, very last chapter of the Bible, Jesus says, Behold, I am making all things new. I believe that he not only does that in the future, but he's already doing it now. That salvation is being worked out and worked out in the heart of every single believer, every single person, every single community where the church is present, where the Holy Spirit is present. And so it's by the power of the Spirit that we can live changed lives living in the reality that we are forgiven, redeemed, blessed people who will spend eternity with him. But it affects our here and now. It affects the way we use our money. It affects the way we spend time at home. It affects the way we make choices about how we eat, how we exercise, what jobs we work, uh, our attitude at any given moment. I think about some things that you know, maybe I might need to, to think about a little bit more, more carefully, like how much I'm looking at this thing when I'm at home with my family or the different things that I do or do not you know, choose to eat or exercise and my attitude towards various life situations, towards work, towards play, towards my church. So how are you living this morning? How are you living these days? Are you drawing closer to him? 
Are you living the best life that Christ has set out for you? Or are there some things that you can change, some things that you could modify and adapt to better live under his authority, to be a subject in his kingdom? I mentioned earlier that uh, we have a a two-year-old daughter named Lydia. Um, Like most little girls, she is really into make-believe and princesses and all things pink and purple and She's getting into like the makeup stuff, with, you know, putting things on her fingernails. And today she has a little chapstick with her. She's putting that on ferociously all day long. Uh, the other day, I came back from a work trip and I was dressed up a little bit nicer. I think um, uh, Nikki and I were getting ready to go out for, for the evening. And she said, Daddy, you look like a prince. Pretty high compliment coming from a girl who is all about princesses and princes. And, and uh, Nikki was trying on a dress that we're getting ready for a, a big formal event uh, this weekend, this next weekend. And she said, Mommy, you look like a princess. You look like a princess. That is high praise from our two-year-old. What a great compliment. But really, we are princes and princesses in the kingdom of God. If we are adopted as sons and daughters of the, of the Most High King, then that's exactly what we are. You look in the mirror you, know, you might see all the, the ways that you don't live up or the things you're disappointed with. What I want you to look at is a prince or princess in God's family. So Jesus is the one true king, the real king. Not just the king for all eternity. Not just the king in the, in the Bible, you know, centuries ago when he walked on the earth. But he's also the king right here, right now. Let's live our lives as though that is true, because it is. Let's live our lives differently than the world lives. Let's allow him to change us and help us to live the best lives we can. Would you please pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for, again, for your holy word. Thank you for your authority in our lives. Thank you for the gift of salvation, for the victory you won on the cross, the promise of eternity with you. And thank you, Lord, for the gift of your Holy Spirit that we can live lives changed, renewed, forgiven. Lord, help us to live into that freedom, to respond to your authority, to be your people, to be your sons and daughters here and in the days to come. It is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen.